we're going to look particularly at what it means to be on earth, but seeing from the invisible realm. That means really living from a heaven, heaven's perspective. So that's what we're going to look at. And particularly the, the, the verse that is in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think you could put my next slide, Tim. I have to apologize. I tried to get the normal technology work and it doesn't work. So we reduced to PDF this morning. So Tim is actually helping me to, to scroll down the PDF, all right? So this is the, the verse that we particularly look at. Uh, and before we arrive in verse 18, I'm going to read it all. Uh, and we could see in the, the, the chapter 4 of 2 Corinthians that Paul is arriving to this extraordinary conclusion. Okay, And that's what we're going to read now. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. Beautiful. That's the verse I am going to unpack. And I just want to say straight away, it's not even an invitation from Paul. It's a statement. You say, that is what we do. Beautiful. That is what we do. We look through our troubles on earth. We look through what is happening with our body. To fix our eyes on the invisible reality of his eternal glory. That's what we're going after. And as we're doing that, as we're day by day, we are being renewed. So it's about being renewed and reflecting His glory now, but fixing our, our eyes on Him, the invisible, and the reality of that. So we focus on the unseen. That is a statement of Paul, of what we do as a Christian. So, let me ask this question. What should we focus more on the invisible realms than what is visible to us? Okay, that's my next slide. Um, actually, it feels really very counterintuitive for us as humans. Because if we are honest, most of the time we are concerned by physical things. Would you agree? I mean, what, am, what sort of food am I going to put on the plate? Uh, where the money is going to come from? Uh, are my clothes? Uh, my physical needs? You know, all our conception of the world is through material, yeah. as human people. Because we have to be honest. Okay? And actually, the reason for that is we are limited by our body right now. We are limited by it, and we are affected what's going on in the, by, by what's going on in the physical greatly. We're not denying that. So, I mean, try to concentrate when you're hungry. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> try to... You know, try to live day by day with pain. I know a few friends of mine who live day by day with excruciating pain. Try to do that. It's really difficult. We're not denying we are impacted by the physical realm. Yeah. Alright? Because we are human. Now, we've got these physical realms, but most people would agree that there is some kind of spiritual things going on out there. Even people who don't believe in God would say, yeah, this thing we can't explain. There must be something more, yes? 
And actually, us as Christians then, we go to the next and we say, yeah, we know what that is, that's God. And we, we acknowledge God exists, we, we acknowledge that we're born again from the Spirit, and we know the spiritual reality is very, very important in our life. Would you agree with me? I hope so. <laughs> right. But if we are honest as well, <coughs> most of the time, what we do is we basically add on that little bit of spirituality to our life. Yes. We leave this spiritual thing as a bolt on our lives. Yes. We're basically thinking, okay, um, yeah, yeah, you are going to get from the Spirit. I'm, 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 one day I'm going to get to heaven. But, but I kind of like thinking just, yeah, I'm going to go back to God, 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 because I know I've got needs, so please help me here. Yeah. So we're seeing this thing of the spiritual being an add-on to our physical life, something to help us to get through. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Actually, that is not a biblical res- perspective. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> you know, that is not a biblical perspective at all. Because right from the beginning, the Bible talks about the unseen, the word of the Spirit being first. This is the word, the unseen, the the reality of the Spirit realms is actually much more important and first. Okay? Nature, physical things are only a mirror, a shadow of the unseen. Okay? The unseen, the invisible, is actually the substance, is what is real. Wow. It's what is real. Okay? The physical is just a shadow, a a mirror reflection. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says everywhere. But really think about it. This physical world, the earth as we know it, has been created by God, the eternal, the invisible. So God first. The invisible, the one whose spirit hovered across the water, created everything. You know, Jesus, the name, the source of everything, the name above all name. Okay, the God who spoke a word and there was light. The God, can you see, the spiritual is actually before the physical. So God, the invisible, the eternal one, is the source of everything, and is real. Is a superior one. Is a much better one, and it's superior reality. So actually, what we see is the earth reflect is a reflection of who God is. So, for example, uh, just to take two, God is extremely creative. So He created amazing things on the earth, and we could see the creativity of our amazing God reflected on the earth when we look at the numbers of species of animals and how it works and how complex it is. And that's because He's a Amazing, creative God. Yeah, we could see that God is loved by the fact that us, as human, we are created to His image, and actually, the thing that is really important for us is love. You could see it's a shadow of how God is. So the physical is basically a reflection of the invisible. Okay, so the unseen, the invisible, is first. It's the main substance. That's why Jesus, for example, can walk through walls. That's not difficult for him, because he is first. That's why Paul can walk out of prison, because an angel just opened the doors. That's why sometimes we have supernatural breakthrough and healing, because that is God. He is before everything. Okay? So the result of that is Christianity 
is not meant to be a self-improvement program where a little bit of the spiritual is injected to my physical reality to help me live a better life on earth. That's not what Christianity is about. I mean, think about it, because I'm talking to myself. Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget, oh yes, Jesus, please bless me. And I know he wants to do that. Okay? And it's not a wrong prayer. But it's, it's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is an invitation to walk with the God of the universe for eternity. Amen. That's what Christianity is about. In 2 Peter 1.4, it says, he has granted us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by, way, by them we may become particles of the divine natures. We have a job to do with him, right? We are passengers, we are aliens on earth, and we're here with a mission. And this mission is described in the next chapter of those verses we read. That we are ambassador of reconciliation. Amen. So we are meant to bring the gospel until the glory of the earth cover the all earth and the all earth is redeemed. That is what we are on earth for. That is what Christianity is. is. So there is a tension, and this is my next slide. This is there is a tension. Because on one hand, we're living on earth. In a mortal body who's going to die. That's the reality. But in the same time, we are citizens of heaven and we belong to eternity. And actually we're waiting for a new body because we, we will carry on living. We will meet him face to face. So there is a tension. Right now, it says in the Bible, we're experiencing, if you read the chapters next, it's really clear. It's like we're experiencing this groaning, this battle, because deep down, we are alien on the earth. We have received the new nature, God's spirit, and the authority to bring the kingdom. We are right now a glimpse of how good is God. We are right now a glimpse of how, how it should be. How, when everything is redeemed, how beautiful it is. And how it will be. We have those glimpses, we have those reality. we have this real experience with God. But we're here. We're stuck in this body. Okay? And actually, we are still experiencing some impact from sickness, sin and death. You know? Until Jesus returns and we cast away the prince of the air, Satan, forever. We are still experiencing in our body some impact of that. Okay? So we're here, we're longing for his return. And what we have, in effect, is a battle of perspective. We need to choose, are we going to live our lives, you know, focusing on the invisible? Or are we going to live our lives focusing on what we see? We have a choice. We have a choice there. Now let me unpack this this. Tension, and I did a little bit of a table that Tim uh, is going to put up, and it will show you the contrast between the unseen and the um, and the visible. Now, in chapter four, okay, Paul is really telling us, and he knows he knowledge is difficult because it says a couple of times, "Do not lose heart." <coughs> Do not lose heart. It's, it's, it's encourage, uh, encouragement and exhortation to us. Do not lose heart. 
Okay? And he said, you see, we might be weak. We are like jars of clay. Weak. But the all surpassing power of God is in us. In verse 7 it says, his treasure is in us. In verse 6 it says, the light is in our hearts. You have the Holy Spirit in you. Actually, you know, it's why sometimes we can't just read two verses. We, read it, we need to read it in context. If you read chapter 3 before, God's, um, Paul spent an extensive amount of time saying, Look how glorious the Holy Spirit in us. Look how great the new covenant is in us. And he's saying, remember in the Old Testament, okay, uh, you know, only the few could access to God. So like, for example, Moses could access to God. No one else could access to God. And actually, when Moses was face to face with God, his, light, his, his face was shining with the glory of God so much that people around were scared. So he had to put a veil on his face. But only him knew God. Okay. And Paul is saying, look, this is amazing. We are in the new covenant. And now you can know God face to face. Because of the cross, the veil has been torn. The veil, the separation between us and God has been removed. So now God has come to dwell in your heart. He's writing his law on your heart. This is what the Holy Spirit is so important for us because we are never alone. It is in our hearts. Okay? So our concern now, our concern is to love God, to walk with Him by His Spirit, to abide, to get transformed, to contemplate Him so we are renewed day by day inwardly. That's what it means. When we focus on Him, Day by day we are renewed to greater glory. And it is true. Our body struggles. Our body is weak. But we have victory in Him. And we will go on living for eternity. For eternal glory. That's why He says in verse 8. Look. We might be pressed. There is, there is real adversity sometime on earth. We might be pressed. But we are not crushed. Our spirit is alive. We are not crushed. We keep going. We might be perplexed, but we are not in despair. That means we can't understand things sometimes. We're like, whoa, what? This happened. It's awful. We can't understand. But we are not in despair because we keep our hope. We know there's something better to come. Hallelujah. We might be persecuted, really persecuted, but we are not alone, we are not abandoned. Amen. We can cry, Abba, Father, we've sung it this morning, we are not alone, we are connected to God, the living God. We might be struck down, but we are not destroyed, because life is in us. Can you see? Amen. So at Wobbly, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, frankly, um, we wasted away. But inside, we're going from strength to strength. Amen. Paul wants to, us to know that two things is happening there. Yeah? We actually, in our body, experiencing both the death and the resurrection of Christ. Mm. Both of it. There is a kind of death, inevitable. 
the body will go. Okay? But there's a resurrection happening as well because we are alive with it. And we'll go on forever. We go on forever. Okay? If that's not hope, I don't know what that is. Okay? So, next slide. Uh, This is why we choose to live from the unseen. What we do is we line up our beliefs from heaven's perspective, from the unseen. And we look through our troubles because we know what's coming. We know and we know what's coming. We are literally bridging the now and then. That's what we're doing by inviting heaven's perspective. So you've got a table there. What heaven's perspective is and what earth's perspective is. It's just for me to help you um, understand then this perspective. You see, when we look through the lens of Everett's perspective, and we know that life is about eternity, we think very differently. So imagine your life, okay, on a continuum for eternity. Okay, eternity. I can't even do it. Eternity. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Eternity, yeah. My life. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. That is true. That's just a fact. My life, So, if you understand that, you know that your troubles, they blips. Small, light, and momentary. That is what Paul says. Your troubles, we're not denying the awful. We're not denying. We're not saying, oh, God is good, that's fine, that's fine. No, no, we say, yeah. Sometimes it's really hard. But thanks to Jesus. First, he can break through. And secondly, I know it's a blip. Can you see? When you change perspective, you know that you start, you need to believe that you need to invest in the internal. Okay? Actually, this is what Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse uh, 19. Do not stir up treasures on earth who will be destroyed, but store up treasures in heaven. Well, this is a challenge. This is a challenge to me. Because how many of us are thinking just about storing up? Okay? Yeah, let me get a better job. Let me get a better house. Let me give something great to my children. We all think like that. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, as long as we as well invest in the heaven's perspective. Because let me tell you, your life is... So, it's a challenge to me. I'm, I'm challenging myself when I'm saying that. What we need to see is the eternal rewards. What we need to see is our trouble as a way of drawing to God, knowing Him better, leaning onto Him, so that would be, we would be more and more transformed, that we would be more and more like Him, that we, we, we reflect Jesus more and more, that we would already carry glory here more and more. That's what the, the, that's the only thing to do. So you look through your trouble and you say, okay, I know it's hard, but Jesus, ain't it? Let me be renewed to a next level. This glory is going to outweigh 
far, far more outweighed those trouble. Can you see what I'm going on there? Is it, is it clear what I'm saying, yeah? See, having heaven's perspective, I think that might be the next slide. Having a heaven's perspective is not just believing that everything's going to hand well. It's that, but it's not even just that. It's believing that heaven's reality, the invisible, is superior to the earthly reality. That's believing that, yes, it will end up that well, that gives us comfort, but we want this heaven as well to permeate the reality of the physical right now. We we, we need to, to see that this is the most important, the unseen, the invisible. So, so it's as well setting your mind on the things above and not the earthly things. Are you familiar with this, this verse in Colossians 3 verse 2? That's another reality. So, so it's not just, oh, it's going to head up where. It's actually right now, I am setting my mind on the things above, on the things unseen, rather than on the earthly things. I'm investing for this eternity. It's living from those beliefs using the eyes of your heart. You know, one of my very favorite verses in the Bible is in Ephesians 1, when it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope that he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, you, his holy people, and that you will know his incomparable great power for us to believe. That's for now, right? That's for now. His hope, his glory, his inheritance. So, living from heaven's perspective, it, it's, of course it's going to hand well, but as well, right now, I'm as well already sitting in heaven in place. So I know who I am. We, 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 we sung it this morning. I know who I am. Uh, and he is my father, and I have an inheritance. So, Holy Spirit, just come and permeate every area of my life, right now. So, ultimately, Living from heaven's perspective is understanding that we are on a mission. We are on a mission. And that's the next chapter. I really encourage you to read chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5 in one go. The next bit is, you know, we fix our our eyes and we are ambassador of reconciliations. That's the mission. Okay? We are living for Christ. We are ambassador of reconciliation. That means we're looking for people to reconcile, or reconcile to a very, very good father. Yes. We're looking for his good father to have his reign established all over the earth. Okay? So his kingdom comes, because that's what the good news is. is the good kingdom that comes through Jesus. Okay? So, how we are going to do that? How we are going to live from everyone's perspective? You might tell me, Rachel sounds really good. Great. Where do I start? Okay. So I'm a firm believer in baby steps. Right? You start where you can. Okay? And I know God will break through and will bring his revelation by the Holy Spirit. I know that. But it occurred to me that maybe the main thing to do, and I think it's the next slide, um, is to increase our awareness of God on a daily basis. Increase your awareness of the yeah. invisible God on a daily basis. Okay? And it, it occurred to me that too often 
we divide the, the activities in our lives. So we've got, I've got work, I've got church, I've got friends, uh, I've got things I'm really in control that I'm really good at. I don't really go for that. I'm good at that. Got this, got this. But this, oh, I don't know what to do, can't help. So we divide everything like that. You know, we've got this area where God is active. We have this area where we say, oh, fine, don't need you, God, got this. Yeah? We've got this uh, spiritual life, and sometimes we've got this non-so-spiritual life. And, uh, you know, and I, I mean, <coughs> a, a little bit while back, I was quite uh, happy to do my devotional, say, yeah, got done my spiritual thing, go to work now. Got this? Yeah? Do you recognize yourself sometimes? Yes? We'll, I'm sure we all done it. I think maybe if we start by not dividing our daily activities and our practical activities into spiritual and non-spiritual, but see everything as spiritual. See everything as spiritual. See everything as spiritual. And practice to live everything in a spiritual way. Yeah? So what can we do practically? You know, it says in 1 Corinthians, and I put some verses, I won't be able to read everything. You can take notes. You could look at home. But it says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So it occurs to me that, you know, whatever menial task you have to do for the day, do it for the glory of God, aware of his presence. Whether it is that you need to clean, look after the children, go work, a work that you don't like, because you know that's the problem, isn't it? Uh, whatever it is, tough or not tough, things you love or don't love, everything unto the glory to God and say, God, I am looking to you there because I know that, you know, when I clean and I cook, even if I don't really like it, especially, I'm blessing and I'm loving my family. And I'm exercising the gift of um, hospitality. And when I'm doing a good job at work, even if I don't really like it, I'm honoring my, my boss, I'm honoring the business, I'm bringing the kingdom. So I'm doing everything unto God's glory, aware that His presence with me. Okay? And in every situation, throughout everything in the day, I ask for God's wisdom. James 1 5. I ask God for God wisdom. I don't ask God wisdom just for the thing I don't know. I ask God wisdom even for the thing I think I know. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going, well, I've got, well, God, I've got this idea. Shall I do it like this? Do you have a better idea? Please show me. Give me your wisdom. And you can have this dialogue with God. God, show me. Is there a better idea? Bring to me wisdom for this situation. I have a conflict at work. I have a conflict in my family. Jesus, what is the wisdom in it? How should I behave? So basically, inviting is reality. Okay? Inviting is reality in the circumstance. Say, God, I need you, Almighty God, Prince of Peace, to come and break in this reality. Okay? And, you know, the best one for me is always thankfulness. Being thankful for for, for, for who is and what he brings. It does say in the Bible that every good gift comes from it. So 
all good news, all good things you have, to thank him very consciously, but even thank him in the midst of difficult circumstances. Because you could still say, God, this is awful, but I know you're faithful. And thank you that I have a roof on my head. And thank you. And start small and build it up. And go for it and acknowledge this spiritual, spiritual reality in your life. And the other thing is really to trust him through every difficulty. I mean, I've done recently a whole preach of what does it mean to trust God. It, honestly, that is not easy. Trusting God is really difficult when you're in the midst of difficulties that you cannot control. Things you cannot change. It's very difficult. Okay? But do you know what? You come to him and say, God, I'm just going to trust you. Trust you because I know that you love me and you look at his promises and you invite his reality to come into your reality. Now, when awful stuff happens, don't let fear in. Don't let fear in. Because that's what the world will act. That's what the physical world will react like. Not, not a surprise, because that's the reality of, you know, we, I've not even touched on uh, uh, Satan and his realm, okay? But fear is his weapon number one. So that's how he kind of like manipulates the world. So, so when stuff happens, don't let fear in. Don't let fear in. You learn to stand and fight. Look in Ephesians, you stand and fight. How do you stand and fight? Well, first you do everything that you know to do as a Christian. That means you look at the Bible and what God says. You trust Holy Spirit. You know, you, you uh, connect to God. You do everything that you can do. That's the fighting bit. And we've just done a series on how to fight our battles. So, okay? So you do all of this and then you stand. You stand. That's like... I trust you, God. I'm going to stand. I'm, I'm, you know, I might be, I'm, I might be attacked, but I'm not crushed. I might be, uh, you know, perplexed, but I'm not in despair. You know what we just read? I keep going. I stand. I stand. Okay. And when you hurt, because sometimes we are, that's the body thing. Okay. And our emotional thing. Sometimes we are hurt and sometimes we are in pain. When you hurt and when you're in pain, you don't disconnect to God. You don't build up walls. What you do? What do you do when you're hurt and you're in pain? Right. Yes? Right. Right. Yes? A better one? Who is the comforter? Jesus. Holy Spirit. So you say, Holy Spirit, you are in me. Holy Spirit, comforter. Right now, oh God, I am hurting. You acknowledge it, it's true. You don't have to sweep it under the carpet, by the way. That's, that's, that's not authenticity at all. That's not even... I mean, read the psalm. David is like, ah, my enemies running after me. I'm feeling like I'm dying here, God. So he's authentic. But he said, God, I'm crying unto you. So we do the same. We cry unto God and we say, God, I am not abandoned. I am not abandoned. Holy Spirit is in me. He is my comforter. He is the one who says, Abba, Father in, in us. He is the one who says, there is a connection to the mighty God. There is a connection for the mighty God. Okay? And we let him. 
do his work of comforting us. It might take one day, it might take more days, it might take a long time. But we're not crushed. We know it is the comforter and he will comfort us. Okay. So, (laughs) this is what we can say. Mm. Therefore, therefore, by the way, that's like that. That's what it is. I'm not questioning it is. That's what it is. Therefore, I'm not losing out. Though I only, I'm wasting away. I'm desperately for my new body, right? I don't know you, but I am. Okay? I'm just desperate for a new body. So yeah, outwardly, I'm wasting away. But inwardly, Jesus, you're doing so much in me. Inwardly, thank you, Jesus, you are renewing me day by day. I look back and I say, Jesus, I am not the same person. I am not the same person. Oh my gosh, I am so much more full of love. I am so much more patient. Believe me, I needed it. Uh, I am so much more full of peace. Sometimes troubles come my way. They do, it does. But do you know what? It's achieving for me eternal glory because I have now an understanding of God so much deeper. I can say I trust him in the thing I know I fight for, trusting him. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I trust the Lord. But you know, actually the, the, the test is, will you trust him when things go wrong? Isn't it? So, so yes, all troubles are light and momentary and achieving for us eternal glory. And what we do is we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on the unseen. Because what is seen is blip. It's just blip. And the unseen is absolutely eternal. Eternal. Yeah. Ha, I'm going to pass to Tim. Just close your eyes.